listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Stories of faith, love, life, loss, and eternity. Welcome to Sparrows and Wildflowers, episode number 33. After our short break, we're now back with a really fun and insightful chat with Josh Hawkins. As well as being young adults pastor over at St. Paul's Anglican in Castle Hill, for the last 10 years, Josh has made loads of hilarious videos and posts on social media as Hi Josh. We talk about his experience of going viral, the nature of comedy, and what it means to look more like Jesus. You can check out Josh's content by searching Hi Josh on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, or you can find him at Old Joshy Boy on Snapchat. Don't forget, you can also rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And now I hope you really enjoy this chat with Josh Hawkins. I was born in Bankstown Hospital with all my Lebanese friends. <laughs> and uh, I, I lived around that area until I was three. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Castle Hill for life, basically. And what are some of your early memories growing up there? Well, I've one memory from Bankstown, and that was I used to, like, stand in my cot and out the window there was actually two memories. Horses used to walk down the street. Yeah. I suppose, I, like, that just shows my age. And, uh, <laughs> and also there was this, like, uh, Lebanese woman who would just yell all day on the street. Oh, no. It was a bit full on. Um, so, yeah, that's my first two memories, horses and Lebanese women. <laughs> wow. Okay. And what was family life like for you growing up? Uh, pretty good. I was thinking about this the other day, um, that not many people have, like, a pretty standard, normal childhood. Like, it's rare. Um, and that obviously has plenty of complications for people. Um, but for me, it was super, super normal, super, I don't know. Like my parents were just awesome. Like they'll, they'll try their best. And like, obviously they make mistakes and everyone, no, well, no one's perfect, but like, I feel like they gave me and my sister such a great opportunity to do anything and like to know God and to explore fun things <laughs> like yeah so mm. i'm really blessed like i i know that this isn't normal that i had a, a great childhood but uh, i suppose i, I yeah, definitely don't regret that at all i'll yeah. take it taking a run amazing and so you mentioned that your parents gave you the opportunity to know god do you have like a, a first memory or an early memory about that not, not so much about, like, my parents, because that really didn't... I don't think I understood it till later in life when I was like, oh, these guys, like, follow this guy, Jesus, and that's why they act the way they do, and I respect that. It's not pushing me away from that. It's actually drawing me closer. I have, like, l- like memories of me being at like conferences and stuff because mum and dad were always involved in conferences and one weird thing happened and I don't normally like tell this story especially at the start of a podcast (laughs) okay (laughs) only because it's like uh as a Christian um like when weird things happen, like they, they can be encouraging, but they can also be a bit strange for people who are outside of that or, you know, even inside of that. And like, well, how does that happen? What does that mean? But basically what happened was I was a little Josh, like year three or something like that. And I, I reckon I was such a weird kid looking back, like really emotional, but inside emotional, like a, <laughs> an introvert emotion. So no one would have known. Yeah. But... Like, I freaked myself out with just worries and anxiety and stuff. Um, And one of the things was, because my dad was a youth pastor, I was like, man, I never, ever, ever want to do that. I never, ever want to be that. But for some reason in my head, I had this understanding that the son always just did what the father did. (laughs) You know, pretty old school kind of thing. 
So I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to do it. And it freaked me out. I was like, I do not want to do it. Um, And with my weird little emotion things, um, yeah, it was actually like a proper worry. Um, But I was at this conference and this guy who I didn't know, like stood me up in front of everyone and said, you do not have to do what your dad does. And that was my, the first moment I was like, whoa, that like God spoke through that dude. And I didn't realize until later on that that's what happened. But that's, yeah, that's kind of a weird first memory because it's a bit full on, especially for an Anglican kid. (laughs) Um, But that's, yeah, that happened in year three. And I'm just like so glad that he, God kind of used that guy who probably had no idea what he was saying to this little kid, but like it was spot on for what I needed. Amazing. We started so serious. I wanted to have some fun before we got into serious <laughs> Sorry. Stuff. Do you have a funny memory from growing up? Well, my dad looked like Jesus <laughs> as far as like, you know, the photos you see of Jesus, not um, of, you know, the white person that people think Jesus was with the big hair. So that was always interesting, like going to school and people, because he was the scripture teacher as well. So All right. he was Jesus and then I was the son of Jesus. <laughs> Um, so that was good fun. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Very good. And what was school like for you? Were you making people laugh when you were little? Uh, no. Well, because I was so shy, I, like, didn't do any – I didn't, like, say anything to people. Okay. Um, but I do remember – I think I, I went in waves. I used to be super-duper quiet introverted. Then for like a very small period of time, I like let loose and then I went back to introverted and now I'm kind of in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was like year six and I think someone said to me, you should be a comedian. And like that was basically it. And I think that was when I was like in my non-introverted weird person thing but I went back to that like pretty soon afterwards so okay I don't know that's just a memory I have I it's just kind of interesting and did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up yeah I wanted to own a lolly shop oh yeah like and not even like oh I was five or something I was like in year 12 and I wanted to own a lolly shop <laughs> like I was working out how I'd do it how much I'd need to sell how many people would need to walk through the door in order to like make a profit wow. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to own like you know like a kids play equipment mm-hmm. uh, with like ball pits and stuff yeah I wanted to own one of them but for adults that was my big dream nice like just a place that adults could come and go in a ball pit for a couple of hours and uh, that were my two dreams. Why do you think you wanted to do those things? Uh, because they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm like, just like, and uh, I'm like um, Peter Pan or Michael Jackson. Like I never grew, <laughs> never grew up. Yeah. Well, no, I did grow up. I'm, I'm definitely an adult. But like, it, yeah. I didn't want to be too serious about things. You know what I mean? Mm. Have like that, that childlike fun view of the world. I always have like the biggest eyes when I was a baby. Like I was just surprised about everything. <laughs> so maybe that's just like where it started. Yeah, right. I just want to be surprised and happy about everything. And so you mentioned the experience when you're eight and the mm-hmm. guy telling you didn't need to be like your dad. Yeah. And you admired your parents, but you didn't kind of want to go mm-hmm. down that path. Yeah. They're like a time for you when Jesus did kind of become real in your life? Yes. Yes and no. So I think I, I kind of always knew about him. Um, and along the way decided that that's the direction I wanted to go. And, like, still deciding that's the direction I, I want to go. Like, that that's the biggest thing for me is, like, I didn't really have a moment, but it's, like, moments in life. And I'm, like, the, the, there's still going to be moments where I'm, like, do I want to continue to do this? This is getting hard. Or do I actually believe all that stuff? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of, for me, I think year, year eight was 
um, one of the first moments where I was like, all right, am I going to do this? Am I going to take this on for myself? Um, and then through high school, yeah, the same thing and coming out of high school and now I'm older and still deciding to follow Jesus. Yeah. Right. So it's like not a moment, but a continual. Yeah. 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 I didn't have this big, like I used to be a drug dealer or anything (laughs) like, no, it was like, I was a quiet, pretty good kid and, and I, just kept doing that yeah (laughs) straight in 180 all the way (laughs) and so after school what did life start looking like i played a lot of nintendo like 64 yes 64 oh best console ever made (laughs) it was good one mario kart was my thing i i was pretty good like i would find like world records on the internet and try and break them and stuff wow so it's something something to be proud of um (laughs) Because I didn't get a, a UAI, uh, like a uni mark. I didn't want to okay. go to uni. Um, I didn't want to waste time. <laughs> I think, like, I I take a lot in from, like, other people. And when other people are like, oh, I just did this degree and never use it. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just cut out the middleman and not do a degree that I won't use. Yeah. Um, so in, in saying that, I just worked random jobs. Like, uh, I was like a outdoor recreation facilitator for like a campsite and then i worked at gloria jeans for a month and a then month. I, yeah i don't think they liked me <laughs> um and then i worked at kurong like in a warehouse for a long time that was pretty like it was a dead job like sorry to anyone who's still there <laughs> they they know that we, this is a Christian bookshop. Yeah, but in saying that, my the people I worked with were awesome, and my my boss was great. Um, that he would kind of let me loose when I needed to let loose. So I did summer camps in America for like a few times. Um, did random stuff like I did like I uh, went to Argentina and did Wipeout. You know that show? We jump on the big red <laughs> balls. Yeah, I did that. In Argentina. In Argentina. And I took Just, a week off work to, to do it. How did that come about? I applied. Okay. <laughs> and I got in. Wow. And, uh, and I failed hard. Yeah. Yeah, I failed real hard. I thought I was going to win, but I failed real hard. <laughs> I, wiped, I got wiped out, as they say. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so Kurong was cool. Um, kind of dead-end job, but it gave me the flexibility to listen to music all day and I don't know. And then after that, that's when I went to college and did some stuff. So yeah, after school, yeah, as I did stuff, but I don't, I wouldn't say I achieved anything apart from the Mario Kart stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Played a lot of yo-yos too. Yo-yos. yo-yos. Yeah. Wow. Very good. <laughs> and so you went to college from there. Bible college? Yeah, yeah. So I did – I was always interested in video. Um, we always kind of had a video camera, so um, just started marking around and then I bought my own, did a bunch of stuff for youth group, and I just loved it. Like I was that weird video guy that just made videos all the time. Um, and so I was like, oh, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. That's why I just did all these random jobs. I was like, ah, oh, I don't know what it is. Who am I? Um and you still didn't want to follow in nah. your dad's footsteps? No, no, no. Definitely not. <laughs> but I was like, well, I really like video. Maybe that's it. So I went to a college that did some TV media stuff and ended up not wanting to do that after a year. But they also taught Bible stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff at church. Um maybe I should do it full time, which freaked me out mm. because I always said I do not want to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, God has this way of like just making sure that we do the thing that we're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he eventually caught up, caught me and, um, yep, did Bible college, got a degree. Wow. Yep. In theology. In theology. 
Wow. So you're in the Anglican Church? <laughs> yeah. You did your degree in a Pentecostal setting? No, so it was an interdenominational okay. college, which basically means everyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is why I kind of went there, like, because I, I wanted that, you know, I wouldn't call myself an Anglican. Sure. Um, I'm a Christian and I go to an Anglican church and I'm a pastor at an Anglican church. Um, and that, you know, has its benefits, has its drawbacks. But, um, yeah, just getting that fuller view of other people um, and other beliefs. And that's what I loved about college was even some of the lecturers had different beliefs on some of the just different things, not anything that's crucial, mm. um, just things in the Bible where you're like, well, it kind of says these two things that could kind of go either way. And I, mm. I love that because it opened me up to being gracious to people with different opinions about certain things. Um, but I did that. Yeah. I somehow passed like <laughs> it's actually a miracle how I passed Bible college. Yeah. I was such a bad student. Yeah. So God obviously <laughs> wanted me to, to pass and not to make, to use any more time. But I, I passed pretty much with a average of a P, which well is all I needed. You know? <laughs> Why waste time getting a P plus if you can just get a P? Fair enough. <laughs> and did you start working for church? I did. Again, like the God timing thing. Maybe that's why he passed me. It was as soon as I finished, um, two positions open, opened at church because um, I was expecting to go to somewhere else and be like, oh, man, new church, new position. This is going to be wild. But uh, the youth pastor and the young adults pastor uh, moved on. And so those two positions were available. And it was like, they're the only two positions I would ever want to do. And so I ended up being young adults pastor um, straight out of college. Coming wow. straight out of college. Yeah. <laughs> and how is that? How did you find the transition into ministry? Uh, it's so weird. Yeah. You go from being like a happy... <laughs> crazy volunteer to being like a weird paid staff member <laughs> yeah. and it's just yeah it is a bit weird um it's great but i think everyone finds that transition weird mm-hmm. um because now it, volunteers you can just like walk away <laughs> and i think that that freedom is keeps you a little bit happy sometimes um but as a pastor, you take it all on. Like, it's this huge responsibility. And you kind of step away from, like, the, the one-on... Oh, not one-on-one, but the... Um, sometimes the people level. Um, as far as, like, if you're a youth pastor and you, be, you become the youth pastor, your job isn't now youth pastoring a 100 kids. It's leading leaders to pastor a 100 kids or leading the leaders of leaders to pastor a 100 kids. Yeah. So you kind of take a step away from ministry or your ministry becomes something different. Mm. Um, I definitely found that I love doing like on the ground ministry, like after church parties and stuff. Um, but then I became the guy who had to organize the people to do that. And that's just a whole different role. And, uh, yeah, it's always very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting insight. And so you did start at like, I don't know what you'd call it an online presence project campaign <laughs> um, called Hi Josh. I'm not sure of the timeline. Was this in amongst all that? I started Hi Josh 10 years ago. Yeah, this is this year is the 10-year anniversary of Hi Josh. Wow. Yes, so obviously I've been doing that through all that stuff. Um, yeah, started because of boredom, <laughs> as most things start. Um Everyone got a day off because George Bush was coming to Australia when he was president. Oh. I don't know if you remember that. It was called the Apex Summit. Oh, yes. And everyone got the day off and it was like, this is awesome. And so my friend called me up. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. And he's like, do you want to see how much chocolate milk you can drink? (laughs) And I was like, I do. Like, I've actually legitimately always wondered how much chocolate milk I could drink. Mm. And uh, so he came around with three liters. He had like a an outfit that he wanted me to wear. We filled the bath with bubbles. I sat in the bath. I drank the milk. It ended up, you know, as you can imagine, 
And uh, that was the very first Hi Josh video 10 years ago. Wow. Um, and then from that, we just continued. Then that guy, you know, started doing proper things. <laughs> so then I took it on. I did nothing for a bit. And uh, but now I'm still doing it. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, uh, you should definitely watch it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's something you have to watch, but you might not like, you might regret watching it, but you still have to watch it to have that regret. You know what I mean? You can't unsee it. That's correct. Nice. So in, I think it's May 2015, you made the video, The Thug Life Chose Me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So the, this one got great. over 10 million views in a week, I think, and was on BuzzFeed and mm. Huffington Post yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And you ended up on the radio and on the TV. Yeah. Can you tell us about that video and about that experience? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Um, yeah, going viral. I've always, like, wondered about it. And, always, like, I had some – I put out some videos previous to that that I was like, you know what, this – I reckon this could go viral. Um, but, like, the whole idea of going viral is – uh unmeasurable let's put it that way mm. um no one knows why no one knows how no one can replicate it it's simply like yeah it's just one of those things yeah so then yeah i made this video which was a compilation of snapchats <laughs> i love i just i love this world <laughs> like just snapchat is so funny um anyway sorry about that just <laughs> just the world is so funny. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was doing these, like, trick shots, I guess you could call them, uh, me throwing things into other things um, over Snapchat. And, yeah, I was getting kind of good feedback from friends. I think I posted the first one I did, and I think it, maybe a 1,000 people watched it or 1,500 or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's more than normal. That's kind of cool. So, so I kept doing it and like upping the ante, doing harder things and, uh, like throwing milk into your fridge. Yeah. Milk into the fridge. And without looking. Without looking. Um, yeah, I, I just had this list of like impossible things that, um, you know, what? I was like, oh, that's probably possible if you just try hard enough or try long enough. Yeah. So I did. And like some of them took hours um but they like eventually they all always went in um and then people were like oh you got to post a compilation of them because i was posting like the individual ones and yeah they're getting like a thousand views or a couple of thousand or something and then i i was just waiting for that ultimate final like last one and that was like the knife into the knife block i was like this this is really difficult like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is going to be possible, but th- the more time I put into it, the more I was like, well, if I turn back now, I've just wasted six hours of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I kept six going, hours. I kept going. And then eventually it went in and I posted the video like the next day. And, uh, yeah, it went viral like immediately. And it was so fun. My yeah. gosh. It's just like so random. You know what I mean? Just like talking to people and just like rent, like, or friends just posting on your wall. And like, my face was just like literally everywhere for like a, a week or so. Yeah. It's just like kind of funny. Like, I didn't take it too seriously because I knew like the next, next week would be something different, but just kind of wrote it out. Um, I answered emails as quick as possible from different people. Because I knew it was like, this time is short. Mm. That's the nature of the viral video. You've got like yeah. sometimes hours before you're, you're, you're done. So, yeah, it was great. I loved it. And it was like one of those um, bucket list things. It's like, yes, I can tick that thing. About. I've gone viral. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so although it like, yeah, it is fleeting, a lot of people know you now and you've done more stuff mm. since. Has that changed your world more permanently? Uh, I guess it has because people actually care. <laughs> uh, 
like I, I I'm of the opinion like part of the reason I do high Josh um, is just to create memories like it's not like a blog it's not a, a blog but in a sense it kind of is mm. um, it's just a some weird entries in there you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, but it is like you know this is my life and it's like 10 years now and I'd love to keep doing it so that when I'm like 90 years old and I'm like senile <laughs> and in incompetent no the one it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're like you know I, I i can't really do anything um but i'm gonna have this like memory bank of fun things i've done and fun people that i've had part of my life and i just like i want my grandkids to see that and be like so confused <laughs> like what who who is grandpa what is going on and like I just sit back and put put videos on repeat and just be like, oh, yeah, I totally shimmied for five minutes once or, like, <laughs> drunk three litres of milk and, yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of – even if I hadn't have gone viral, I still would have continued. Mm. Um, I just probably wouldn't have done as much as I've been doing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so last year I actually put a little bit of effort into it and had, like, a schedule and – put out a video every two weeks or whatever um just to see what happened because i think i'm always like well if if this is what god wants me to do then obviously i should work hard at it mm-hmm. and then maybe he will open some doors or close some doors so that's what i did that's what i've been doing um which is good like because i actually enjoy doing it and the fact that other people enjoy me, me doing it i'm like whoa that's nice i didn't think that would happen yeah yeah that's cool. So amongst all the positivity, though, like the internet can be a bit of an ugly place, right? Like I'm mm. sure there's some haters <laughs> out there. Haters. How do you deal with that? Um, I don't know. Like haters is a, is a weird concept to me, mainly because when I hear people talk about haters, I'm like, come on mate like you don't have any haters like to themselves mm. um i think it's just like what some people say it's almost like a um they're playing the victim or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like you're actually not that important to have a hater <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my thought i don't actually say it to people who post stuff like that but um so like in that i'm not like looking or searching out haters um even though, like, and I think I got desensitized to it because one one time I posted a video and it wasn't on my Hi Josh account, which is probably a lucky thing. But it was just like, it was one of those videos where it was, um, it was weird and it kind of made no sense. And so it, kinda, it was kind of open for some negative comments and there was a lot. Oh. Um, but this was like a, a long time ago. And so I kind of like, that kind of not broke me. I wasn't like broken by it, but it desensitized me to if you're going to be in that space, especially YouTube, like it's going to happen, but don't worry about it because uh, that's the internet. Like that's, that's trolls. That's, you know, people that are online. That's just it. Um, And so not to take it too personally, um, but in saying that, like the content I make, like if you hate it, something wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) no like it's i make content is pretty safe and so unless it's just bad and if it's bad i would know about it and i probably wouldn't have posted it um and so in saying that like i don't really have haters unless it's like an old video that was slightly racist because (laughs) back then you could get away with it you know what i mean yeah um but people don't look that far back so (laughs) it's okay um But yeah, so, I mean, there's been a few negative comments about me being a pastor or whatever. Oh, yeah. But uh, the thing that is so encouraging to me is, like, that's actually the the thing that you want. Because everyone, like, in, well, in my opinion, everyone should find Jesus because he, he is the answer. He is the answer to everything. Um 
Now, you could be like me and grow up in a Christian family and it's kind of inevitable that will happen, which is not true, but it seems like that. Um, Or you could be the furthest away from him and come to know him and and transform your life Um, or somewhere in the middle. So if someone's a hater, then that simply means that they're still on the journey and maybe your interaction with them could be one of the the link in the chains that where they find Jesus, mm. um, which is great. And so that's why I'm like, well, cool. And so like people have said stuff on Facebook before and I could, I'll private message them and be like, I'm legitimately interested why you have no respect for pastors. Cause that was their comment. Oh. Um, like that. If I'm not interested in that, then I'm not interested in people, mm. right? Yeah. Because if I just, like, shoo away people who have different opinions than me, then I'm not going to be an effective person because I'll just be in my own world having my own fun. Um, so that's, like, that's great. So I reckon, like, if there are any haters, that's great. That's, like, such a good conversation starter. Mm. That's my opinion. And do people respond? <laughs> Generally not. Because they're looking for a public, you know, feud. Sure. Welcome to the internet. But I'm not. And so it takes two to tango. It takes two to fight. Something like that. (laughs) I know that it takes two to tango. (laughs) And I know that it takes two to fight. Um, Yeah. So I'm definitely not going to engage with someone who's just looking for a fight. Yeah. Um, But I'm definitely keen to engage with someone who's looking for a chat. That would be nice. And so for the people that do know you personally, your family and your friends and even the people you pastor, and I guess the people above you and your <laughs> work, like how do they respond to the whole Hi Josh scene? Uh, when I went for my interview at church, the pastor asked about my stunts, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. and I just like laughed. Um, actually, Shane was there as well. I think he laughed too. Because um, at one level it like makes no sense, especially to older people because I don't really get like just the whole social media, internet world, YouTube, you know what I mean? That's makes no sense to them. Um, so I, I know some people don't get it, but at the same time um, there's some old people at church who do get it, I think. Like, they're always encouraging me and stuff. And that's really nice. Like, I, I, I wonder what how they see, like, me or what I do. But it's it's nice that, yeah, even old, old people, like 80, or 80, 80 years old, like, oh, I saw you on Sunrise. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's been, actually been, a night, like, a good thing that most people have been so positive about it. Like... Yeah, no one's ever really chatted to me, like, you know, sat me down and been like, Josh, come on, mate. I think pull yourself together. <laughs> like, which is good. Cause I, and I think that's another indication that maybe I'm doing the right thing or doing something that's good. So, yeah, obviously, like, younger people are all around that and they love it. And it's it, it actually helps um, from what I've heard that like someone random will be like, Oh, have you seen this video? And that person um, can be like, Oh yeah, that's my pastor. Mm. And then just, it's one of those moments of like, I don't get it. I've, I've obviously missed something about church world. Like, cause that takes people from like religion or something that they thought they knew to what we know, which is it's, it's just normal life with Jesus. And that's, it's pretty good. It's not this strict, like, you know, religious view that everyone has. Um, so I think that's a good way, um, a good thing that's happened to break down those walls and be like, oh, wow, you can be a pastor and make jokes and have fun and yeah. be on the internet. It's like, yeah, why why not? Um, so that's, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And you even got your grandma judging <laughs> your shimmying competition in one video. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. And so you, yeah, had 10 years worth of these videos. Yeah. My gosh. Do you have some favorites? Well, one thing I did last year, which I, 
I'm glad I did was the bachelor stuff. Mm. So I would had no plan at all to do this. I was just going to watch the bachelor as, you know, as an enthusiast, a bachelor <laughs> enthusiast. And I sat down to watch it just by myself. And one of the very first lines Richie said was, uh, my palms are sweaty. <laughs> and I was like, I just paused and I was like, did they actually just say that? <laughs> and then for some reason I pulled out Snapchat and re- rewound it. I recorded him saying it. And then I was like, knees weak, arms are heavy. And then just laughed. And then like, I, I sent that to the Snapchat world. And then a friend was like, oh, are you going to recap the whole series? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so I just like, um, watched it and recapped it. Um, and yeah, I did that every episode, like little minute videos of every episode. And I had so much fun doing it. Um, and people liked it. And, uh, yeah, cause, cause Hydrosh is never like the one thing it never is, is consistent. There's nothing consistent about it. It's like one day I'm dancing the next day I'm like eating a box of shapes and, you know, reviewing them. And <laughs> like, I, I was, I could never be known as that person cause I don't do enough consistency. Mm. Um, but the bachelor was the only like consistent thing I did for however long it was like two or three months. Um, and I, yeah, absolutely loved it and, uh, got a, like a, a following out of it. And so that like, currently that's like, I'm really looking forward to the bachelor starting again. <laughs> Cause like, I just remember having so much fun and some of my housemates watch it with me and now like they're a little bit famous with people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's, that's my current favorite. I watch my the videos I post so much after I make it that I kind of get over them. Um, you watch them back. Yeah, especially okay. if I like them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I put a lot of effort into that. Um, but then I, like the Aussie one, um, the very first Aussie one I did, like that went viral as well. And I w- remember watching it a bit. And now I would never, ever watch that again. You know what I mean? This I'm is like, where you interpret Aussie slang. Yeah. yeah. Like that's like, I don't need to watch that again. Um, but that's the thing I love. I love going back and watching old stuff and being like, oh, even I find that weird and I'm the one who shot it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so like some of the dancing videos, like, yeah, the, the sunrise one. Um, probably my favorite moment, and this wasn't even like a video, but it was captured on video, was when I was interviewed on sunrise after the throwing video and they made me do some like live throwing. Oh, yes. And I was like, oh, this is not going to go down well. Like... They, they don't realize how many hours I spend trying to get the things in. Yeah. And then on the last shot, I threw the cash cow and it went in the bin. And I <laughs> never, ever forget that moment. And, like, <laughs> it, like, brings me so much joy to know I did it on live TV. It's a miracle. Um, <laughs> but I'm just excited for future videos. I've got some, like, ideas that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to make that. I think, like, I'll enjoy that and I think people will enjoy that. So... Yeah, always looking forward, you know. Always looking forward, (laughs) never looking back. You're listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast, episode 33. You can listen to other conversations in this series on SoundCloud or iTunes, like my chat with presenter, actress, singer and mum, Emma Mullings. I was working at a radio station, not the one I work at now, a different one. And I was getting ready to move because I had a really great opportunity presented to me to go to the US with my music. So I was working casually at a radio station and um, there was a new guy on actually. And we were driving around in the car giving out the free stuff. Remember how radio stations used to do that? Yeah. So which I, I just spent the whole day with this guy. <laughs> it was his first day and oh my gosh. I'm quite, I'm actually quite an introvert by nature. And yeah, he was just chatting away all day. <laughs> I remember <laughs> he put on, he turned the radio off and he put on a worship CD. Obviously I know, knew what worship was. I grew up with worship. My mum mm. was a worship, was a recording artist. But at the same time, worship were, brought so much pain 
to me because it mm. reminded me of all the, you know, the pain and the loss. And I told him in very colourful language where I would put that CD if he continued to play it. <laughs> and that was a snippet from my conversation with Emma Mullings in episode 12. And now back to our chat with Josh Hawkins. And so you said before, like, you know, nobody knows what makes a video viral. Viral, yeah. Popular. But, like... Is there any insight you would give, I guess, for anyone who's interested or people who want to make their mm. own stuff? What do you think maybe it helps with success? <laughs> uh, pray, I guess. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Um, I think, like, one element which is just so, like, so normal is, like, <laughs> just to start – um, I got some friends who are keen to, yeah, to start doing that stuff. And I'm like, you just got to start because like in doing that, you're, you're going to shape like how you do it. Like the first few videos, if, if they're good, it's like, you're lucky that they're good. They'll be, they'll be weird. And they'll be long and, and stuff, but you got to make them first in order to, to know how to shorten them and how to make them more engaging. And like, it's not like I've made it at all because, you know, the, the views don't go up and up and up. It's up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah. Um, Is so, that hard to cope with? Not at all. No? No. Nah. Because, like, that's that'd be a bad expectation of, yeah. you know what I mean? I've got to succeed. Like, in, you know, I, I do it for fun. And then if they go well, that's nice. But if not, at least I had fun doing it. Um, and that's probably like the the advice I'd give is like if you're having fun, then you've already won, and that rhymed, <laughs> which is like classic. So yeah, um, don't have too many expectations. Uh, if people hate it, then maybe stop. <laughs> or if your friends hate it, then maybe stop. It doesn't matter if the internet hates it because some people hate it, but. Uh, but yeah, like show it to a few people and just start. Like, yeah, I did it for eight years before, you know, other people saw it. Before someone tagged their their mate who was completely random. Mm. Eight years of just having fun doing it before anyone really knew about it, apart from friends and family. Um, so yeah, just have fun because it might be a long a long journey if you want to be successful, which mm. like. I don't know. Success, don't worry about it. Because, I don't know. I'm babbling. That's annoying. <laughs> but, yeah, don't worry about success. Yeah. Because otherwise you won't get it and you regret everything. But you don't want to live with regrets. So just have fun and then you already won, like the rhyme goes. <laughs> Very good. And so you spoke a bit about this before, but I'm interested to hear on, like, how you view the High Josh part of your life. Like, is it a break from your ministry or an extension of your ministry mm. or how do you see it? Well, I believe that like everyone and all of life is ministry. Um, it just so happens that I am a full-time paid in the church minister. Mm. Um, but that's not like, that's nothing. Um, there's, so many people I cannot reach because I have that role. My role is to to build up, encourage, to equip the all the little ministers out there who are going to their workplace, going to the office, going to the work site, going to the sporting field, uh, having little families who they will be the minister for. They will be the connection between those people and Jesus, not me, because those people probably won't come to church. Um, and so that's why, that's how I see part of Hi Josh is that I can be in the world of whatever this world is, social media, YouTube, <coughs> media, and hopefully be the connection between that person and Jesus. How does that happen because I'm not making Jesus videos, but I am reflecting Jesus. Hopefully, <laughs> that's well. That's the whole, the whole point of Christianity is to look more and more like Jesus. Mm. And so, 
if I'm looking more and more like Jesus and making content and because I'm looking more like Jesus, that shapes my content. That means I'm not degrading people. I'm not using language that might offend people. I'm not talking about things that might put people off. Um, then people will see that difference and they'll ask questions. And if people know that I'm a Christian and they, they're Christians, they'll be encouraged to have someone who they can look to and be proud that they're being represented uh, in that space. Mm. Um, so that's how I see it fitting. Um, I want people to know I'm a Christian because of my character, not because of the content I make. Because mm. character's the most important thing. So that's how I see it. Yeah, wow. I think it's a really interesting point you touched on there about not degrading people because so much of comedy is about pulling people down. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really, yeah, a really significant point of difference. Yeah. And it's hard to know because even with the Bachelor stuff, mm. like I'm, the reason it's funny is because I'm making fun of the show. Yeah. And the people on it and what they say and stuff like that. Um, but And so I'm, I wrestle with that and I make sure that it's not um, pulling someone down. It's, it's simply making fun of the show and what the producers uh, leave in, like or what people say. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this like habit of just not mocking, but imitating people and noises. Um, and so it's... Uh, that can sometimes come across as um, a bit mean or, or slack, um, even though it's not coming from that place. Um, but I just have to be careful with that because um, I met <laughs> I met one of the Bachelorette girls randomly um, after she got uh, – I think she was kicked out. Um, but I had – because she was, like, the main focus of the show, I had obviously, like – yeah she was my main content basically um and so yeah she was kind of like oh yeah i've I've seen your recaps all right she's like you're you're a little bit mean and i was like no i don't think she was being serious because she was she's known for being a bit sassy um but it's it's that like balance and i'm like okay i'm gonna make sure i'm not pulling people down um i'm just kind of like doing a lighthearted thing about people mm. um, if, if it gets to that. But that's definitely something I think about because um, mm. it's, it's, it's teetering on that edge. I definitely don't want to go over that because that's not who I want to be. Yeah. Wow. And so back to your official ministry career mm. as a pastor, how has that sort of progressed? Uh, I'm still doing it. Same role? Same role. Mm-hmm. I'm hopefully getting better at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the progression. Again, just like doing the whole leading through leaders, which is, doesn't come naturally to me, but I know that that's, that's the only way that the ministry can grow is to invest into younger people to do it and, and do it through that. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's basically it. I really love it. I love um, being like the young adults pastor because it's such an exciting time of life. What would be like either your happiest or maybe your proudest moment in that role? So I was thinking the other day, I'm pretty sure me and my friends changed the culture at our church to be a dance party culture. (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure that was us because we like pushed it hard. And then we were on camp the other day and it was so part of the culture I was like, I remember when it wasn't, and then we forced it, and now it is. Uh, that was, I'm just kidding, kind of. But um, I don't know about that. Like, I think when you when you have an idea and you wrestle with it and you, yeah, you get your friends alongside and you make it happen, and then it goes well and builds community and people feel welcomed and people get to know Jesus. That's so, it's just kind of beautiful. Um, and I've seen that through some of the young adults ministry we've done. So that's, that's kind of the highlight just when people feel that, cause not everyone feels that at a church. It's, it's so hard to, to feel that sometimes, but when, yeah, well, when you see it, it's just beautiful. 
And so that, yeah, that's that. I don't know about low point. Uh, probably saying yes to too many things mm. and wanting to sleep for a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like, yeah, as long as, long as I'm doing the right thing, mm. then hard work is just, that's fine. You know what I mean? Mm. But if I'm doing the wrong thing, I'm saying yes to the wrong things, then that's when it's annoying. And how do you know the difference? I guess it's the intention behind why you're doing it. And is it is it taking away from things you should be doing? That's my my lesson for this year. Like saying saying no to things so that it strengthen, strengthens the yes, the things I say yes to. Like making taking time with the yes, um, even if it's that means saying no to some really good things. Because mm. um, I'm one of those people that just like yeah 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 let's do it all. But I'm like, that's not really serving anyone because I'm doing a lot of things half, half bottomed. <laughs> that's a nice way of saying that phrase. Um, yeah. Wow, really good. Yeah. So in terms of your day to day, both with the high Josh stuff and with being a pastor, mm-hmm. what is what does it look like? What are you doing day to day? Day to day as a pastor is so weird. Like. It's hard to nail down exactly what that is because <clears throat> like nine to five, it's kind of, it can be a bit, bit whatever, like answering emails, getting ready for things. Um, but then, you know, you got things during the week or events and meetings and stuff. So that, yeah, that's a bit weird, but I suppose like looking at a week. So I'm, I'm at church Sunday to Thursday, and then I have Saturday, or Friday and Saturday off. Um, and I've been using Fridays for Hydrosh stuff. So whether it's like shooting stuff or writing or, you know, updating the website or whatever it might be, um, I only just really started doing that. Um, and then, yeah, depending on how much I want to put into that, I'll just use nights as well. Like I was editing tonight. Um, Cause yeah, like I got no responsibilities. I got no kids or like a wife or girlfriend or anything like that. So <laughs> I've got a lot of time to like do both things I think for now. And that's like the season I'm in where I do have the time to kind of go hard at both. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like uh, at the, in the office during the day, events every so often, meetings, church Sunday, uh, hi Josh Friday chill on Saturday like I don't know it's that's the season I'm in at the moment I think I'm balancing it okay and so in your journey has there been a particular bible passage or even a bible figure that's been really significant for you Jesus <laughs> is that the right answer yes you passed <laughs> yeah the book of Jesus Jesus three sixteen. um it's kind of like my my the answer you asked, uh, question you asked before of like the moment. I'm like, there's not really a moment. It's just like an everyday thing where I'll be reminded of something. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's what I believe, or that's the gospel, or that's you know. I just you know we're so forgetful, even though we've read the Bible you know plenty of times. One one verse that I I love to which kind of links to this this high Josh stuff and like using your gifts and stuff like that. Um, it's one Peter four ten, which says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I like that because it talks about the gifts gift that we've been given that we should use it to serve others. Like, there's no point using it to serve ourselves um, cause that's not helping anyone. Um, but it says that when we do that, that we, we steward God's grace in its various forms. Like we, by using our gift, we're giving the gift of grace that God has, has given. And I love like the various forms thing. Cause I think sometimes we think, well, it's only when we preach the gospel that people hear about grace. And that's very true. But I think there's other ways that people experience God's grace, like through acts of service or through whatever it is, through hospitality. Um, 
through kindness, um, they get a little glimpse of God's grace. And uh, yeah, so I like that verse because it you know it uses your gifts, and that's you know a wide variety of gifts um, for others. And in doing that, you're administering, you're giving out God's God's grace. It's not your grace; it's God's grace. And I think that's lovely. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> <laughs> it is. And so I, I would have kind of sum up for us what's at the core of what you believe. Um, I believe that we, we're all messed up. Um, and the Bible calls that sin, that we're sinners, that we actually cannot do the right thing. Um, even if we try as hard as possible and I, I'll put my hand up, I can't do it. I try, I know what the right thing to do is, but I can't actually achieve it. Um, and in doing that, we, we run away from God, um, whenever we sin, whenever we do the wrong thing. Um, so we're kind of stuck. Um, but I believe that God is so gracious to us and I don't really understand it completely how he could be so gracious that he uh, he paid the penalty for what we deserved. So the Bible says that um, that sin deserves death, um, and that's what's kind of coming for us. But God didn't want that, um, and so he he came to us through Jesus, God with us, which is an incredible picture of the intimacy that he has. Uh, died on the cross, dealt with the sin defeated death by coming back to life to give us the opportunity to get out of that, uh, I was going to say stickiness, <laughs> but to get us out of that, that way that we, that we are, to give us freedom from sin, freedom from always choosing the wrong thing, and so that we can actually live right with him um, until we live with him when Jesus comes back. Uh, and that's exciting. It's really exciting to know that God is with us. He's given us his Holy Spirit, which is literally him in us, which can uh, has so much power to do things, um, like anything, like read the craziest things in the Bible, and we have that power in us. Um, which means we can pray and we can see people healed. We can see people come like come to know Jesus, which is a miracle. And, and it helps us just to live so much practicality in being a Christian because our priorities are so, it's like so heavenly. And so the earthly stuff doesn't matter. So when you, you're like, you know, do you get disappointed if you, your videos don't go well. I'm like, no, like, because that's, why would I care about that when heaven is like, we've got a heavenly perspective, then everything else kind of fades away and I can enjoy the good things and not stress over the bad things, knowing that there's such a better day to come. Mm. That's what I believe. Wow. It's really cool. (laughs) And then in terms of, your future like what are your hopes and dreams what are you hoping the future looks like ah i have no idea i'm pretty content Mm. i hope that i will i will look more like jesus the more i go on which funnily enough will probably mean i'll be less content if that makes sense Mm. no sorry not less content less comfortable okay i knew it began with c um (laughs) Because something I've been, this idea I've been toying with is if our goal is to look more like Jesus and the times that we look more like Jesus and are closer to him is through suffering because we rely on him more. And again, that perspective thing, all the comforts go away, then perhaps like the pursuit of Jesus will mean some suffering. And that's a good thing. Woo! Imagine that, that suffering is actually a good thing. And that the opposite of suffering, comfort, might actually not be a good thing. Mm. Because then we 
get too comfortable with God and we don't, we're not with him. We don't seek him and he doesn't want that. And we like, we would say that we don't want that. So I think it's a weird thing to say that I want the future to be less comfortable because I know that I'm, I'm doing the right thing that I'm going for it, that I'm living extreme, that I'm using my money for others and going without for certain things. Um, but I know that that's the right way to live. Totally the right way to live. And it's extreme. And it's, it'd be great. And yeah, I'm going to go through weird things in life. But I, I, if I rely on Jesus, like, again, doesn't matter what happens. There'll be a better day. A new day. It's a new dawn. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bublé. <laughs> great. Sparrows and Wildflowers is brought to you by Victory One Media and hosted by Rachel Simpson with artwork by Nicola Gibb.